you are a retail business owner, I have a question for you. And that question is going to sound a little bit odd. It's the title of this episode. Are your customers buying in your store or are your customers shopping in your store? You know, I think on the onset, that's kind of a weird question. Most people would say, well, that's the same thing. If um, they are shopping, they're buying. If they're buying, they're shopping. Um, However, I think that as retailers, that is an incredibly important thing to think about. And it's more than just a difference of terminology or a difference of word. What we want to talk about in this episode today is what is the mindset and the ideology of your customer when they enter your store? And we're not going to talk about a bunch of boring, you know, what's your customer's mindset, anything like that. We're talking about the practicality of if you are going to raise sales in your retail store, what would appeal to your customers? You know, I think a lot of people don't think about what is the mindset of my customers? Are they in a hurry or are they wasting time? Are they trying to entertain themselves? Are they wanting a certain experience? Are they wanting a certain amount of stories to be told to me and and magic tricks done and an event and all of these things? Or are they wanting to go through a drive-thru and get in and out? Are they wanting speed? Are they wanting good prices and things like that? Getting inside the mindset of your customer is very important on the way it because of the way that you set up your store, the way that you set up your displays, the way that you train your staff is all going to be a result of the mindset of your customer. And if it's not, it can be very detrimental. If you your customers expect a certain amount of experience and they want to spend a, a two or three hours at your location and, and have a great time and all of that, they roll up and you say, hey, we just created a drive through We can get you in and out of here in five minutes. They would be disappointed. They would be let down. They would say, no, I came here for an experience. I came here to, to have your staff tell me a story like they did last time. Having the mindset of your customer top of mind when you do all of these things is of the utmost importance. And that is the topic for today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Better Business Podcast, where we help you improve your family-owned retail business. I'm with my co-host today, Chris Fox from Fox Strategy, the marketing genius. And my name is Steve Cook. I'm a third-generation business owner, and with the things I've learned and talk about on this show, I've taken my family's retail business to over $10 million in sales. Now let's get to the show. Recently in one of my podcasts, a man by the name of Bob Fibs, who goes by The Retail Doctor, said that people go online to buy, but they go in stores to shop. I thought this was a brilliant quote that he said, um, and I think that it is a great way to actually explain and describe the mindset of a consumer and how they can purchase things but have a different mindset when they might go into a retail store to shop or online to shop. But being in the 
the animals consumable business with the feed store, I feel like we have a lot of people that are coming to our locations just to buy, um, where a lot of other retail locations actually have people coming in to shop. So I wanted to talk about the difference in those two and maybe, you know, kind of off the top of your head, if you even know what I'm talking about, we didn't talk about this beforehand, but you know, if you even understand what I'm talking about, when I say people are coming to buy or people are coming to shop, what are your first thoughts there, Chris? Oh yeah, I get it. I think just anybody who's a a consumer will get it. And, and, And whether it's animal consumables or human consumables, like when we go to the grocery store, you know, you're running to the grocery store and you're there for your milk and your bread or whatever. Um, there's a whole, you know, science behind merchandising and marketing products. So you put your loss leaders, you know, up front that draw people in. And um, sometimes you will put those staples uh, in the back of the store. You know, there's a reason that the dairy fridge is at the very back of every grocery store. Um, and mm. And so... You're totally right. I think it's a great quote, and I I love that we're going to dive in and and kind of pick apart the difference between shopping and buying um, because they are very different, and I think they deserve um, some separate intentional thought in any family retail business. I think that any retail – this is paramount to any retailer's uh, customer psychology though because the way that you set up your store and the way that you interact with each and every one of your customers should be reliant on one of these two camps or it might be a little bit of both. But the importance is is that in my opinion, I think that if you – have a customer, generally a customer that is going into your store to shop, to uh, let's say kind of waste time, to spend a little more time, to uh, uh, entertain themselves basically, Um, and you are trying to uh, speed that customer up and get them in and out faster, and you're trying to rush them along, that that will actually make them mad. Um, And vice versa, I think if you have a customer that is looking for a quick routine, uh, something that they have to do week in and week out, um, and they are just running an errand at your location, more or less, and you are trying to slow them down and entertain them, and why don't you come over here and look at a few things? Hey, man, I don't have time. You know That can actually make your customers frustrated, so that's why I think this is such an important topic is that you can have all the best intentions in the world, but if you're doing the opposite of one of these two things, that you can actually make your consumer mad. So in my mind, I mean, do you think it's that extreme, or do you think um, maybe I'm overthinking it a little? I mean, I think you're. I think you're right. I would. My one piece of advice to to retailers and and business owners would be, don't be too afraid to uh, you know enter into a conversation or uh, you know try to find out what your customer, which mood they're in, you know that day or right at that time. So don't be afraid to give good customer service. Uh, but absolutely, I think it comes down to that customer service, which means you have to train your people to know the difference between a customer who's here to buy and is on an errand and wants to get in and out. And so you deliver the exact service they need. If you train your people to know the difference between that and someone who is there to shop, to ask questions, to be wooed, entertained, uh, you know, introduced to something new, that's probably a really good, um, investment in your people in the in the customer service training because that means what you'll do is really give people the service that they're looking for and, and you just have to to know what to look for know how uh know how to find out what they're in for that day yeah 
Um, so without further ado, I think we should dissect uh, these two different camps a little bit farther. Um, let's talk about the customer that is wanting to buy. Um, that is a, uh, to frame this up a little bit and give it a little bit more of a definition, a customer that is wanting to buy, in my mind, and these are all just, there's no Webster's Dictionary for this, but a, a customer that is wanting to buy, that is, um, Chris had already brought up the example of a grocery store. Um, many grocery stores, those are not enjoyable shopping experiences. If you, um, I dare say, if you told your uh, wife or your husband uh, that, uh you're going to let them go shopping for an afternoon and uh, sent them with a list to go to Walmart um, that they would not find that an enjoyable experience. Um, so that is how you can kind of define it. Um, would you be able to get away with telling your wife that uh, she can go shopping for an afternoon and sent her to a certain store and she would enjoy it. Um, that would be, you know, and of course there's people like maybe a hardware store, a man would enjoy that, but a woman would not, you know, things like that. Um, in generalities where some people would not find that a shopping experience, but on a typical basis, I would say that all grocery stores, um, a customer is in a buying mentality. They are they are running an errand. Um, like I had mentioned earlier, a feed store. Uh, most people are not coming into a feed store to just have a look around. Um, they are coming in to buy or purchase a product. Uh, hardware stores would fall in the same category. Um, typically, people are in the middle of a project or they're trying to fix something or they are they work for an electrician or plumber or whatever it might be and they need a certain product. Um, so to frame it up a little bit, that's the mindset of a customer that is wanting to buy. So the question is, if your customer is wanting to buy, how can you play into that even more? What would that customer... And you say you're sitting here saying, "Oh, yep, that's my customer. My customer is a buying customer. How can you feed into that even more? What are some valuable things that that customer um, might see in that experience with your shop that they might come away?" Chris, I'll let you take it away first. Do you have anything top of mind that you think you should um, focus on with that customer? Yeah, I think anyone in a buying mood or mentality, whatever you can do to speed up the process. Um, and this would be, I'll go so far as to say, if there happens to be a family business who's listening, who's a service-based business, this is applicable in my business as well. If someone's looking to buy and they've already done the research and they know what they need, um, when I, when I try to make these bits of education or, you know, talk and kind of do discovery, it, it really annoys them because they, they really know what they want. So anybody buying, if you could just speed up the process to get them from in and out as fast as possible, that's a good form of customer service to them. Uh, of course, what you need to really get good at is layering in what are the additional offerings or upsells that you can make in that speedy process that are also speedy because that's the best form of customer service, right? We got them what they wanted, we did it in a fast way, but we also enlightened them just enough to where maybe if they're on that errand at that hardware store looking for this for that project, your people are trained enough to know, you know, most people actually buy this with that too, and you might find that mm. helpful. So I think that it comes down to speed and then being able to in, enhance their buying experience by not, by not having them peruse, by offering them a very quick, very expert piece of, of, of advice or suggestion as part of that speedy service. And of course, we're talking in generalities too. I don't want to say like 
every time, you know, of, even like a grocery store, you might yeah. be, um, you literally might be killing time to do something, you know, or whatever. So, um, I, we're speaking in generalities, of course, like, uh, like I use the example of a feed store. We, we, I would say 95% of our customers are running an errand. They are getting something that they get every week or every other week. Um, but there are people that, yeah, we just bought our first horse or we just got our first dog. We're needing yep. to get, we're looking at what you guys have or whatever. They're, they're just shopping. I mean, um, or they're killing time waiting on someone or meeting someone. So, um, you know, but this is, you would want to cater the way that your store is laid out and the way that your, um, customer service is handled to the 95%, not the 5%, of course, anything else that you had, uh, besides speed. Um, I think that was incredible. That was something that I had too. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought about drive-throughs, um, you know, a lot of, you said service, um, made me kind of think of a laundry, a lot of laundry mats and things like that. Um, the drive-throughs and, um, anything that you can get online pickup, you know, um, different things like that. And, and that doesn't say that you need to take away the customer service aspect of it. Like you had mentioned, a customer service representative is just as important in that role of, Hey, what are you looking for? I'll get you to this product faster and get you helped yep. out faster. That's, you know, you don't say like, Oh, my customers are buying. I don't want to talk to them. No, totally. you can actually speed along their process even faster. And by doing that, they would perceive it as more helpful. Anything and besides speed that you had thought of? Well, and let me say that I'll interject this a piece of advice too. I run into a lot of people that don't believe or understand in the power of core messaging. And when we're talking about business and a lot of it is in marketing. So you tend to think of it as marketing. Well, what what tagline are we doing? You know, what um what are we writing on our social on our website? But listen, I'm saying that core messaging absolutely should filter down to that customer service representative, that employee who interacts with that person on a mission. You got a customer buying on a mission that day. Core messaging can impact that as well. For example, train your people to ask when someone looks like they're on a mission, um, they look like they're there to just run an errand and buy. Train your people to ask, can I help you find anything quickly? Just adding that word quickly enhances that customer service experience because then that customer knows this person isn't trying to show me around to six options. They are literally asking me, how can I help you accomplish your errand faster today? And that is so powerful. I mean, probably I'm not exaggerating. I feel like that's a six figure tip to a retail shop over the course of a year or a couple of years. You put Being a dollar really amount on it. I'm serious. Six figure tip. Because customer service is so lacking in our culture right now. I mean, just everything considered Te the rise of technology. Well, to understand the way that how to help. They don't. Bob, that's what Bob talked about. Yeah. That's what he talked about in that podcast, which made him say this is that he walked into a very high end luxury. I think it was either clothing or jewelry. Yep. He walked in there to shop. And it was the middle of winter, and he was, it was raining outside. He was, he was like soaking wet, and he walks into this shop, and the person said, hi, welcome, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, thank you. And they were like, would you like a bottle of water? He's like, no, I'm freaking soaking wet, and it's 30 right. degrees outside. I don't want a <laughs> bottle of water. You know. And anyway, so he was talking about how you don't, you don't need to train your people to sell a certain thing or have a pitch. You need yep. to teach them to care. But this is that's exactly that's what you're saying is, is – totally. Here's the mindset of your customer. This is the mindset. Let's yep. get them to the products faster and, and be perceived as it's just like Chick-fil-A. 
Yeah, you would absolutely. if you went into you know if you went into let's say IKEA that you planned the whole day on and they had two drive-throughs and was like, hey, how can we get you in and out of here faster? You're like, I planned the whole day for here. You know, you yeah. have to understand the mindset of your customer. Chick Fil A understands they're an errand or they you know they want to get in and out quickly. Yep, but so. they're willing to contextualize that service because that same mm-hmm. quick service restaurant, Chick Fil A, who's known for getting people in and out, will also give above and beyond customer service when they see a family having a meal and they've slowed down and they have right? a, play a place. daddy daughter day and, right and they they contextualize their service and that's what their culture is is it's, it's caring we're gonna change the way we serve based on what's going on and that's where i say if, if you train your people to see somebody who's on a mission and ask how can i quickly help you just adding that word tells that customer you care enough to think ah they need this kind of help but seeing someone who's just perusing, you could change that. And, and I'm all for, um, again, messaging that, that matters. We've spent decades saying, can I help you find something? That's old hat. If I saw somebody perusing in my retail store, I would walk up and say, can I show you something cool? Because it's obvious that they're there to shop, to be entertained, to waste time, to discover and be enlightened. And instead of just saying, can I help you find something? Well, no, they don't have anything they're looking for. So I'm actually mm-hmm. meeting them where they are, and I'm offering something intriguing. Can I show you something cool? We got this new thing in, and then it's, oh, then it's back onto sales training. So I take the thing off the shelf, I put it into their hands, and I start talking about it. Because I've seen that they're there to shop, not just to run an errand. And again, that's why I think that those pieces of messaging and training are, are six-figure transformations in your retail business because they are quite literally training people to simply care and then use the words that matter to that customer in that moment. So, you know, the other thing with this that I was thinking of speed was the number one thing I was thinking of when a customer is wanting to buy, that's what you should um, try to tackle first. The other thing I was thinking of, um, and this comes across in your marketing messaging, um, I think that's how you get more people in the door. Um, I was thinking while you were just saying that a second ago, that's one of our main marketing messages is if you're tired of wasting time going and trying to find these products at other places, you know, we even play into that, (laughs) that time saving aspect even into our marketing. Um, but the other thing I was thinking of with customers wanting to buy instead of shop is price. Mm. And hear me out on this. You know, I think a lot of people, my, I think price matters a little bit in every situation. So don't, mm. don't take this, I guess, all with a grain of salt. But I think that someone that is running an errand, <clears throat> they will take speed into account, you know, how inconvenient or convenient is this place to go to on a regular basis, but also price I think that retailers need to have and should be very thoughtful around having these, um, I've heard it called keystone items, um, Mm. and those would be your milk costs this much, your bread costs this much, your cereal, you know, the top five cereals cost this much. I think that price really, really matters with customers that are wanting to buy on these keystone items, these things that you're going to buy week in and week out. Um, For us, it's our top, you know, 10 to 20 items. Um, It's the feed that they're coming in for. A lot of people, now there's people that, you know, care about all prices, no matter what type of deal. And, you know, um, 
but I think as a, as a general rule, 80% of customers don't care about the price of a lot of things if the main thing they're buying uh, costs a certain amount um, or mm. is close to the other competitors or whatever. Um, so I think that price matters more in this group of customers, way more than the other group. And I see a lot of, uh, we talked about boutiques last week, um, or maybe it's the week before, I can't remember, but we talked about boutiques recently of how, you know, a lot of boutiques will say 50% off of everything, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't want it anyways, like 50% off. It doesn't matter if it's 75% off, but also if I'm just shopping and with I'm with my daughter and she wants it, I'm like, okay. Like, you know, I, yeah. I think that price matters way more in this group than the other. Um, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I think, I think, and where where you're headed and what I hear you saying is it matters to to bring people in. And so if you can keep consistent mm. pricing on your keystone items or if you have a loss leader, uh, you know, that you know you're going to lose money on, but it's drawing people in, that's a way that you're just simply building that relationship with people by consistently pricing the things that they need the way they expect them. And absolutely, then when you're shopping, if you're there making an impulse buy, raise your profit margins on the impulse buy items because people don't care about price as much over there. They are seeing it. It's here. It's convenient. I want it. And so I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. I don't really care. Uh, you know, if, if an impulse buy item is, you know, a pack of gum, I don't care to shop or compare a pack of gums price here as the gas station on the way home because I'm already here. And so find, uh, obviously it has to be more than a pack of gum, but find in your business those things that you can increase your profit margins on where you position them with those keystone items, with your loss leaders, whatever your clients or customers are coming in for. That way you're mm -hmm. consistent and trustworthy on the things we're buying every week. And then you've added in this bit of joy, this this um, opportunity to shop and buy something on impulse, where you're actually making a, a bit more money on it. Yeah, yeah, I think, and that's that goes into the layout of your store and things like yeah. that. I think in cap, in caps, and um, you know, customer flow and things like that, traffic in and out of your store, things like that matter a lot to this buying uh, group. You know, I think of. Uh, Pivoting to the next topic or the final topic is these customers that want to shop. Yep. Um, and this this brings up the exact point I was wanting to bring up with these is you can get over a lot of hurdles around speed with a place that the people are wanting to shop instead of buy. Um, sure. And this is going to be a weird example, but I think a lot of restaurants are fall into this camp that mm. people are looking for an experience they're looking for a certain amount of, you know, not wasting time, but they're spending time with people. Yep. Or, um, you know, if you went to the, you know, I think about these uh, small town restaurants that are just known for the best, whatever it is, barbecue, pizza, steak. Um, you know, there's a restaurant we went to not long ago. I, it might have been like a year ago now, but it was like this Italian restaurant. It was in the middle of nowhere. It was a long ways away. We went there. They only take cash. You have to go to like the ATM across the street. It's like <laughs> hard to park. You have to like park in this like deal on the side and like it's a nightmare. Chick-fil-A yeah. can't get away with that. <laughs> you know, right. I think that people are, that are wanting an experience um, treat a lot of these inconveniences way differently. And, um, you know, you have to be careful of people that want to shop 
there there comes a time where you you're causing them too many inconveniences you know if you don't have ac sure. in the building and you don't have you know i mean there <laughs> there comes a time where you can put customers out you know too far um in that matters but um what are your thoughts around the shopping experience what do you think is uh some of the most important uh aspects to that one yeah i really think that you mentioned layout of your store i think layout is really really important when it comes to shopping um and and you know it, certainly it's important over on buying as well, because if you're talking about a, a brick and mortar store merchandising, which could be digital too, but merchandising is so important. How are we, how are our customers perceiving the products that we're putting out? You know, if you're trying to, um, if you have a overstock of a certain product and you're trying to merchandise that to move, you have too much of it. And if you show a fully stocked, you know, section of your shelves or end capped or display, um, fully stocked everybody knows that no one's bought yet so show it mm. picked over show it you know um having some motion to it in the merchandising side on the shopping side i think it's the same thing intentionally setting up your store let's say we're talking about a boutique or you know um, something a little bit uh, higher end where more of your people are commonly shopping there to peruse and learn and explore you need to sh set up your store in a way that kind of takes them on a little bit of a journey. Um, you don't have to get too high-minded about it, but but connecting those things together um, is really important. You know, so for example, it might be kind of logical if you run a clothing boutique to put kids' clothes and adult clothes separately, but what if you have features where you've actually put the mom and daughter matching outfits or coordinating outfits together, and you're giving people a chance to, to feel a bit of joy and, and, and experience that in shopping. Same as you're talking about the restaurant, Steve, where it's an experience. It, even though it was far away and it was cash only and t parking was tough, like you're there for the experience. So I think that you need to fold that into your layout. How can I, how can I take my customers a little bit on a, on a journey and, and give them something to explore? I think that, um, I completely agree with those things that the layout of your um, store, I think that also the mindset of the customer, when somebody's wanting to buy, they want to see small, medium, large lined up in order, I think a lot of times, or um, the big bucket, yeah. the small bucket, whatever. I think that people that are wanting to shop, you can get away a lot more with dunk bins and, mm. um, you know, these like different mar merchandising techniques it seems like that's a huge differentiator between those two customers um one thing that i had thought of is <clears throat> customer service as an overarching theme is incredibly important in both categories um, and we talked about how important that is uh, with finding customers to their destination quickly in the first camp but i think that customer service is incredibly important in this camp um, in that you have a incredible amount of ability to sell certain products the customer that is wanting to shop might not have intention of purchasing anything yeah. and that's what a lot of people forget about that um dare i say that i think you can get away with the 18 year old girl behind the register that just stands there like a bump on a log with the 
hardware stores and with the stores that um, you're wanting to, the people are just wanting to buy because mm. a person is standing there, they're ready to go. You look at Walmart. <laughs> Walmart is not known for their customer service, but right. it's funny because their registers oftentimes aren't staffed, but um, you know, they put someone behind the register and they're there. Um, yeah. In contrast to that, I think if you had a store that a lot of people uh, – think about a furniture store. A lot of people just go in there, and they're not sure if they're even – we're just looking to see how much couches are, or we're just looking yeah. to see how much this stuff is or whatever. You're shopping. That's that's the whole point of this conversation. I think that a salesperson that can actually, like you said, put items into people's hands and tell them a story about an item or whatever it might be, they have – a certain amount of time that is a lot longer to spend than the buying group. And um, they might not be going to spend any money anyways, and they might spend thousands of dollars. Totally. And that's the point of the difference in these two camps. So I think uh, customer service and the ability to actually convince someone to buy a product is very important in this category. And to your top, to your point about pricing, you're, 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 it's so important and powerful because in the buying category, the price is fixed in our minds. We are there to buy the things that we're buying. We know how much they cost. Or even if we don't, we're there to spend an amount of money. We kind of have it in our well, heads of what I hope to they've spend. They've probably researched it before online. Yeah, totally. Because but they when came we're shopping, with the intention. Exactly. But when we're shopping, the intention isn't there. And so often we're willing to spend far more than – again, than we even thought we would because we didn't think we would. We didn't have a plan for it. And that's where as a retail uh, store, you can really um, serve your customer well by by giving them the opportunity to spend because they didn't have that glass ceiling. They didn't have that expectation coming in. They will likely spend more with you than if you just left them alone and uh, and treated it more like a buying experience. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, in contrast to this, just to kind of point out some of the differences, the speed does not matter way. Not only does the speed not matter, but it might actually be a downside. Um, like I had mentioned, if you plan on spending the whole day at a certain place like Ikea or some of these like, yeah. you know, places that have a, an, an ex experience, um, they have sure. an entire, you know, complex set up for you to um, go shopping or whatever, um, like a mall or whatever. If they had people standing outside going, what were you needing? I'll go ahead and get it ready for you you would be, you know, almost, uh, you would be offended, I guess you could right. say, because you're like, Hey, I have the whole day planned for this. I'm with my mom and my sister-in-law and my, you know, we, we had a whole day planned for this. So, um, you know, I, I guess to point out another obvious thing, I think this is why retail might not ever die. Um, in my mind, <laughs> I think that there is not any chance that for sure the buying situation the customers that are wanting to buy the internet sure does make a lot of that easier totally it makes it easier to um check pricing it makes it easier to get it just shipped to your house because i don't care about going and having an experience or whatever it might yep. be um so in my mind if you are in the hardcore buying group you need to really really question why would someone not use the internet for my business um, sure. you know, whether that is, you need to get your butt in gear and get that figured out or whether, you know, like us, we have very heavy products. So 
what would we need to do to make sure that the internet doesn't put us out of business? Well, we need to get our own delivery system set up. Yep. We need to get our, you know, whatever it might be. Um, but if you're in the shopping <clears throat> deal, I think you need to triple, double, triple, quadruple down on an experience for people. Um, that is having an events or having events, having good customer service representatives that can actually sell some crap. Um, yeah. you know, different things like that. Um, you cannot try to speed people along in and out of your store. Um, closing thoughts from you. What do you, what do you think about all this? Yeah, I think, um, here's my closing thought. I need to buy a new pair of sunglasses and I yesterday opened the Amazon app and typed in men's sunglasses and scrolled probably two, three seconds. And I was like, Nope, I, that I hate shopping on Amazon. And that's a great example of what we're talking about here. If people hate shopping your store, but you, the product you sell is a shop centric mindset, you got to change something. Um, and, and, and so that's what I would say. Figure out what your people are in the mindset to do and how much of that or how often the mix is in your, in your business and then build something that matches that. Yeah. So, um, if you have never thought of this, I hope that this might give you a lot of good things to, to implement in your business. I, I hope that this might give you a few key things to take away. If you have been trying to cater more towards the shopping group, um, with the things that you're implementing and you just realized, Oh wow, all my customers are just buying. Um, and maybe this can help you make a few small pivots in your business that can obviously impact sales. The other thing that we mentioned briefly in the middle of this was the marketing messaging. Um, I don't think a lot of people will want to come into your doors, um, in past that threshold, it's going to be very, a very hard challenge to get people into your doors. If you're saying, come enjoy an experience with us when they are treating your items as a shopping errand, I don't think anyone would want to come experience a um, day with you when they are just needing to pick up a can of WD-40 or um, something like that. Um, so I think that the marketing message that you um, spend around this is also incredibly important to get customers into your door. Um, so this, these, these things can actually raise sales as well as treat your customers better, which all of this goes hand in hand to uh, raising your sales in general and having a better business. If you need help with that marketing message, Chris Fox, the wise old Al from Fox Strategies can help you with that. His link is in the show notes and I can sell you horse feed if you are in that camp. So thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed and it helped you have a better business.